Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Great Hour Blitz, episode 369. Oscar Lopez in the house. We're going to be talking NFL draft for this 2021. We're also going to dive into a lot of the uh, LNFA Femenina week six and the playoffs in Spain. On top of that, we'll have WNFC CEO Odessa Jenkins in the house and the uh, Monkey Knife Fight huddle. So we'll be coming up in 15 minutes. So if you guys haven't gone over to Monkey Knife Fight, head on over to monkeyknifefight.com. You can use our code NJF. You can start playing NBA, NHL. Major League Baseball, big tournaments there as well. Uh, you also have more or less and a lot of other things that you can work with. Uh, you can do uh, up to $5 on the match, so you can earn up to $15 on a more or less contest if you match both players correctly. You can also make up to $300 if you put in $100. So it's a really, really good platform, easy to uh, function. Nothing like uh, fantasy sports like on uh, DraftKings or FanDuel. So check, over, check it out at monkeyknife5.com. Use our code NGF and start playing NBA, M- MLB, and NHL. So we should have uh, Farrell in an hour here. And the second hour, we will have the actually um, insider Nate Ward in the house. Um, we, we'll probably have Chelsea in here. Uh, she's just something came up, so we won't know if she'll be here uh, for the first hour or maybe the second hour. So we'll keep tabs on that, um, and hopefully everything's okay there. Uh, other than that, we're going to, like I said, dive into the NFL draft. And uh, the news came out. Alex Smith uh, obviously retires from the Washington football team. And what a career. Um, if you were on our Twitter, you can check it out at Great Iron Beauty on our Twitter feed, also on at the Hub. Uh, what an awesome uh, individual. Uh, persevered through a lot of stuff. I think this is the right move for him, uh, considering everything he's gone through. Uh, just an opportunity for him to live a normal life with his family and his kids and watch his kids grow up. Uh, the potential was there for him to be on the field and maybe uh, would not be a great outcome. So I think he weighed both sides, and that is probably the wise decision to do is to retire. I think he's more than, you know, compensated well to make a, make a move like that and uh, retire well. So the Washington football team gave him an opportunity to come back and be on the field. Um, played for the Niners. That's where his career started. He also transferred over to Kansas City before uh, the Mahomes era. And so uh, Alex Smith, uh, one of the pioneer, uh, you know, excellent players that you would consider, you know, a, a great individual as well and top draft pick as well in his career. So uh, a lot of things, to, you know, that have transpired for him, not just on the football field, but outside of the football field. And that also is a difficulty. Uh, you also had Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman of the Patriots, uh, retiring. So that was, I wouldn't say a shocker, but that definitely um, definitely will come on in, in that sense in terms of, like, Patriots fans really doing it. Uh, hold on for a second here. There we go. I'm going to just communicate with someone here. Okay, great. Um, but, you know, Julian Edelman of the Patriots, I mean, what a, what a career he had. Stellar career. An amazing, uh, you know, champion, uh, multi-time champion with the Patriots. 
and a great, great individual as well, and hardworking at, at that lower-ranked player in the draft when we talk about drafts at this point. So really, really awesome um, you know, to see both of them kind of step away in a healthy state. Most, time, most of the time people step away because of uh, injuries and everything else. So um, it was great to see Julian Edelman and Alex Smith kind of walk away uh, in their, on their own terms, per se. Uh, we're going to be diving into the uh, Women's, uh, Women's National Football Conference 2021. We have the season coming up here May 1st. And who better to dive in to give us the lowdown on the WNFC but um, the CEO, Odessa Jenkins. So let's bring her into the huddle here, the Monkey Knife Fight huddle. The worst. Expect greatness. Expect greatness. From our preparation, to the way we perform, to the way we shine, expect greatness. Expect it from yourself. Expect it from your teammates. Expect it from this team. We fall. We kill. We eat. Yes, sir. Hey, energy, emotion, play fast. Odessa, how's it going today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? I'm good. Crazy day for myself as well, as we were messaging back and forth. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, uh, we're doing good. We're doing good. We're COVID-free, so no no COVID issues over here, so we're good. Good to, good to hear. We um, we had a close call uh, on our side, so we're just we're just happy that uh that it that it's going well. But definitely had a had somebody in the program who was who was impacted, and we just uh, we're just happy to see her come home. So shout out to everybody. Yeah. That, uh, been impacted and continues to be impacted by this devastating kind of scary kind of scary in that sense right i mean just a lot of intangibles behind it um you think you're doing all the right things and ultimately you're dealt something different and hopefully you know that's not the case uh with anyone because that's not a good end result as they say no and you know it's tough because i think that we're all just trying to live as much of our normal lives as we can, right? Life is short, and I think we all make decisions mm-hmm. on what the payout is for being happy, right? Like some of it is is, is to live happily, um, and, and I think that we still just all have to be really smart and responsible, and, and we've been lucky, you know. We've been testing since January, and um, – you know, at the league level, a lot of our teams started testing this week. And shout out to Promise and Privet for stepping in, stepping in with the WNFC to make sure that we play as safely as possible. So, all in all, it's, it's we're blessed. All right, I uh, wanted to bring you on because we got one week to kick off, and a lot of fans wanted to, you know, dive into the the WNFC for 2021. Uh, a lot of things are brewing for you in terms of attention. Uh, media attention, right, including yourself, front and center with certain outlets. So um, it seems like it's going to be a very exciting season. you got Vire Networks as well, um, which I applaud you. Uh, that was a great, uh, you know, great platform so far, uh, Nine Cup. You can go, go watch it on the Vire Network, and you can also watch the story of the Atlanta Phoenix, which is really cool. Yeah, man, it's uh, – I'm excited. I just – I – 
I'm too head down to truly appreciate it, and I need to do a better job of, like, really valuing this stuff. But, yeah, to your point, um, what we have going on with Bayer Network uh, is revolutionary. I know there's a lot of, you know, uh, women's sports leagues that have been on, you know, there's stuff up there on Twitch. But I don't, I don't, the partnership um, that we have with Bayer and, and, and the investment that they are putting into the WNFC and the payout that we're seeing from their global fan base is, is wild. That show that you're talking about produced by, Kristen London, um, executive producer, um, signed on with the WNFC, is is up to, I think, 60,000 views in two weeks. And we have two of the top content pieces on the network, and the network has, I think, 220 channels and um, over, you know, 3 million viewers in 113,000 – or, sorry, 113 countries. And so – knowing that we're playing on a global scale with our content and that we're seeing that kind of interaction before we even put any games out there is pretty dope. Hey, uh, Odessa, how do you find the time to all do all this? What what kind of uh, Kool-Aid or drinking or immunity stuff you're doing? I mean, you just got what the announcement came over uh, M-Train, president of M-Train. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I um, you know, I I come like I I think my mother and my father trained me earlier early in life to kind of use all my gifts and I do a lot of preaching to my to my team and my family <laughs> and my friends and I think half of the stuff I do is to just prove to them that what I say actually works. Um yeah. so the the work Which that is cool. doing it's inspirational yeah man like right? yeah you gotta do you gotta be what you what you're asking other people people to be and I think the work within I love technology I mean it's a part of um, what we're infusing in the WNFC and the stuff that we're doing with both Bo, Bo and Michael and Score Fifty Eight and Buyer and we got a mobile app coming this spring and. Uh, technology is a huge part of how I've learned how to grow businesses and M-Train isn't any different. And the board at M-Train is, was really attracted to me being somebody who is an, is, 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 is sort of an advocate for um, the underrepresented and our technology is about helping companies see the world and reimagine their culture. And the WNFC is all about helping the world reimagine women in sports and in football. And so it kind of is a, it is a, with the tech chops and the leadership chops, it's actually a a perfect fit. So I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to continue to use as much of my gifts as I can to help the world just, you know, be a better place. Odessa, um, all these uh, collaborations basically, right. Um, It's Mm -hmm. kind of spearheading into a monetization type mentality uh, going forward. You also have, yep. you know, we started off with Adidas. We started off with Riddell, which that's the commitment, which puts you as uh, your, you know, your um, nine-cup MVP said, this, this puts you at a different level of credibility, right, because everybody's on uniform status and makes you look way different than what we had in the past. Yeah, man. I mean that 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 um you know back in the back in the day when we first started, we were all about us 
looking at us, and that hasn't changed. I think we continue to point our finger at ourselves and tell ourselves to step our game up. And if we want Mm -hmm. others to invest in us, then we got to invest in ourselves. And, you know, shout out to Adidas and Riddell and all the other partners and potential partners that I've been talking to. It's a, man, it's it's wild the, the conversations we're in right now. Like I just, in two years, I just never, I, I, I knew we'd get here. I just didn't know we'd get here this fast. And there's a lot of work to do, but it's a really, really exciting time um, to be in the business of, of women's sports. Odessa, a lot of, uh, you know, excitement for this year. We had excitement for last year, you know, because the pre-COVID excitement. But this year it seems like it's everything was given some time to kind of like maneuver, kind of put together certain pieces, right, um, build up some relationships. Uh, we're into virtual mentality where we don't have to travel as much. We can actually make a phone call. We could do video conferencing, all these things. Um, I think on that side in terms of the leadership for the branding has made a lot of headway, right? You've you got to be able to do that, and you still have things on the back burner, as you're, as you're pointing out right now. So if you're a, an athlete in this, in this league right now, uh, you, you can't be just – just giddy, right? Because things are just evolving fast. Yeah, man, and it's hot. Like, I think the athletes in the WNC, like, I I have um, so much respect, obviously, in playing women's football for over a decade. There's um, just a lot of respect that I have playing this game, period, no matter where you play it at. Um, But what we are asking of athletes in the WNC is to build their personal brand, and there's there's athletes around the league like, you know, Tanya Luna in San Diego who um, went from 1,300 Instagram followers to 35,000 Instagram followers and, you know, like Liz Sowers who now has almost, you know, 200,000 TikTok followers and we got some athletes with the Nebraska Nighthawks that have almost six figures in TikTok followers and the running back for Florida who's at, I think 15,000 IG followers and they're starting, these athletes are starting to build their personal brands and get out of the traditional, and I don't want to sound like offensive when I say this, but the traditional quote unquote women's football fan base, like there's always a commitment to that fan base, but I would hope that that fan base would want to see, you know, a star quarterback in the league go be, available to the rest of the world or to see a lineman go out and, and, and grow her personal brand. And so it's really dope that the process that we're taking at the league level to grow our socials and our brands and generate revenue from our brand and our content is also being replicated by these athletes. And some of these women are starting to get paid and, and and starting to, starting to get recognized and get opportunities and get personal sponsorships. Like I think that's the the greatest part of all of the the requirements now for being a part of elite women's tackle football. Markability is what we've talked about for a long time, right? So that's a key right there, as you said, self markability number one. Also brings attention to the brand. Ultimately, brings attention to the team, right? That you're playing for. So, really, it's a, it's kind of a win-win three ways and around three ways around. 
It's crazy, man. Like, if you look at it, some of these brands are new expansion teams, right? And so in traditional sense of the game, the way it used to be done, you spin up a team, you know, maybe you get a couple thousand followers, maybe you get a logo done. Um, but with the with the plan that, that our awesome team, and there's eight different women who come up with this stuff, they let me go out and talk about it, but there's, I don't run this league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're the leadership team runs this league. And people hit me up, and, and I immediately send them the Billow and KY and Morgan and April. And actually, I don't send anybody to April. I'm, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but, oh, okay, um, now you're going to be in trouble with April, by the way. <laughs> no, April, April will tell you. I send them the Masters and the Commissioner. Uh, but, no, I think that the plan that this team has put together um, is a beautiful one. And we see teams like the Denver Bandits who are, you know, getting local media out to their to their practices all the time and connecting with local businesses and have this crazy social following and are building up their YouTube or the Florida Avengers who have this beautiful brand. And they got 50 corporate Sponsors and have sold a thousand season tickets and are on their way to 8,000 Facebook followers for a brand that didn't exist a year and a half ago. Or the Oregon Ravens, who are in Oregon, for God's sakes, and are already past 5,000. There are certain things happening from a branding perspective to these teams because they bought in that is, um, that is proving out the model, and it's pretty cool to watch. Odessa, you think we got better at how to maneuver social media platforms? Because I talked to a lot of people in messaging, and a lot of people didn't realize what the you know what they're able to do with the social media platforms. So when you have people that already dive into each platform, you're talking about like YouTube or our Facebook or Instagram or even TikTok. Um, all those platforms bring some sort of uh, benefit, right? So if you use it properly, to your point, you are going to grow an audience. Yeah, and it's hard to crack that nut, right? Like, shout out to Amari Hollis and Hannah, the intern, who 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 really bring us the kind of data that we need to maneuver, like some of the new mm-hmm. algorithms that have been put in place. And but yeah, I think that we've definitely got. I, th- I can say that I can't speak to other businesses, but I know the WNFC has gotten better. I think the um, pandemic forced us to. Um, I mm-hmm. think that one of the biggest things that we learned is about video and the power of video content and how our video content literally is changing, how our brand is getting viewed, right? Like you talk about some of the media outlets. The first thing they ask us is for footage and highlights and that kind of stuff. And we can, you know, now we can stand flat footed and and give, media outlets that are global national TV outlets, we can give them our content and not be nervous about it. And that's what I mean. It's it's just uh, realizing how we can benefit from that. You know, like, for example, each platform brings a different audience. So I, I talked True. about that. Uh, we talked about that before. Like, in my page, for example, the Facebook page is more male-dominated in terms of a percentage viewership where my IG page yep. is more dominated on a female aspect of things. 
And if you take it into yep. account, you know, Twitter, for example, it's like a mixed 50-50 or whatever. So understanding each platform, you're able to, like you said, push out some content either on, on a video content, but uh, push it out in a way where it's driven to that specific audience. So you draw in an audience. Yeah, and I think that the social socials about storytelling too, right? Um, one of the, the the newest trends in the market is women telling their stories, and um, that's hot. We got a lot of things coming in the 2021 season that you'll see next weekend with the launch of our season and some of the stuff that we're doing with Buyer and with our sponsors that I think is going to turn some heads in terms of how we're telling the stories of the athletes um, in the WNFC, how we're telling the stories of the cities that have WNFC teams, um, that I think is things that just hasn't really been done that could could be done by anybody, but just we're, we're doing it really well. And so to me, it's not just your core audience because people are going away from traditional sponsorships. I mean, I don't know if you've seen, like Under Armour started it, but like, Unless you're Nike and you print money, right? You got a bazillion dollars. I think sponsors are asking more and more, what story are you telling? Who's the persona of your athlete and your consumer? And we started out that way, so I think that's more of uh, how are you? What we're doing to, to continue to get better is to tell our story over and over again, right? You talk about me being out there in the media, that's by design. That's the, our business is doing that by design um, because we know how to tell the story of the WMC. Yeah, and I think that makes sense because uh, it's you have to have a focal figurehead, right, to speak for the branding, somebody that they can relate to. And at the same time, your backstory is relatable in some senses, right, and it's credible. So I think that makes sense to get, you know, all these uh, outlets to try to draw into yourself and who better to speak on the league than somebody that created it, right? Yeah, man, and somebody who would have who would have loved to have it when I was playing. Like, to be honest, it's, it's so genuine because I wish I played in the WNFC. Man, I, 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 I wish that, like, all the WNFC athletes just got their own personal Adidas retail discount, $1,000. Like, I, no, I never even dreamt of any, especially the league, let alone my, like, owner. But, like, nobody gave me, like, anything. And so, and that was okay. And I still, I'm still on that, like, horse because I'm jealous. Like I'm jealous mm-hmm. of these players who are starting but to. But you got to be truthful about it, right? We've never way, been. Right? We like, were I'm never just... here. We were never here, so it's like we did arrive. We did right. something wonderful. That's the bottom line, right? Right. We've done something like, wonderful. and we won't celebrate it too much. Like I know a lot of people talk about, oh, don't blow the horn. Oh man, screw that. We don't. We don't celebrate because this stuff is yep. dope. Like it's cool, and I love to see it. I love to see it for the athletes and the fans and the owners who are working their tails off and it's cool. I mean, for me, it's a validation of all your laboring, uh, you know, since I've been following it for what, almost 10 years, almost 12 years or whatever. So for me to see you at this next level in this stage and, and where you're at now, it's very impressive. And the fact that we've talked about over time, you know, in, in previous interviews about the challenges 
that you would have to face and the things that you would have to done and the reasons you did what you did to, to get us to this stage or to get the brand to this stage, this WNFC, uh, I think, you know, people have to be impressed with the fact that you just took a gamble, somehow did turn into a good gamble, and now it's maturing into a kind of a more of a business model sense where, like you said, collaboration is going to be huge. Yeah, this, this ain't no accident. Like, I think we, right. you know, part of it's just like any other business you built is about the people you bring together. Like, I think the executive team of the WNFC could run any business. Like, I, I really do. The, the the people who operate the league are executives at Turner Broadcasting and Charles Schwab and Eaton Corporate at billion-dollar companies. They manage huge projects and deliver every single day. And so I think that for – to me, that's more the – plan and why it works is 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 the women the gsd crew who um are getting things done uh for the wnfc and the girls that are coming behind behind us odessa um the visibility is is greater now um what is the the anticipation for the you know what is a good season we had a great season the first season now we have added some teams on the east coast uh you still have your staple teams on the west coast um what do you perceive here or perceive uh, in terms of, like, what will be a good season here, like, for you in, in general, like, in terms of the outcome, not the championship, but, you know, all teams yeah. in a playoff mode? I mean, uh, rivalries created. I mean, what, what what's the, uh, you know, your actual vision of 2021, basically, at the end? Man, I love this game, and I miss it. And So you're asking a really big question, but, I'll answer from a business perspective and from then, and then from like a, a just a pure football perspective. How about that? Sure. From a from a business perspective, I think that we are on the precipice of precipice of a real some really cool deals um, financially that will help step up, step our make us all step our game up one more time. And so I think the next tranche of um, deals that that come out during the season and closing some of those for 2021 will be um, really successful. I think continuing to grow out our advisory board and and bring on executives that know nothing about, um, you know, football per se, but know know about building startup businesses and and getting us to a place where we can – probably start our first uh, fundraising effort. Um, we're probably going to raise, raise a seed round soon and just getting prepared for that. So from a business perspective, we really want to invest in our content uh, so that we can start generating even more revenue content, apparel, events, kind of how we look at the business, and we want to get investments to continue to do that. I think also continuing to get better on the apparel side of the house. Right now we have – a very, very um, great and lucrative but manual operation. And I think our fans love our apparel. They just want our operation to be better. They want things to go faster and smoother, and they don't want to wait four weeks. And so some of it is it's going to be the way it's going to be because we give we, we, we put out apparel that you're not going to get anywhere else, no matter how much someone tries to 
copy a jersey, it's not going to look like an authentic Adidas jersey. So it's 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 focusing on that, and I think if we could get through the year with good operation and some more dope apparel and have great content, that would be good. And then on the field, man, I just want I just want the athletes and coaches and staff to be healthy. Step one, I want to get through the field with no major medical issues as it relates to either the pandemic or um, catastrophic injuries. I'd love to, I'd love to get through a season without something like that. So I think safety first. Um, and then in terms of rivalries, there's some stuff I'm excited to see this, you know, what, what, what is the Washington prodigy going to bring? And they got Jim King playing quarterback and a really great, um, Great team, uh, great athletes. They got a lot of really good athletes from other leagues and building a powerhouse out there. So what they're going to look like Philly, and you know Philly. Do you think Jim King of, playing quarterback for the Prodigy? That's what I. That's what I heard. That's the word on the is street. Is that the rumor? Is that the rumor? That's is the it, word. We got to look into that's it. The word we got to look street. into it. Look into it. Google it. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna have to, yeah, so I'm have to look word, into it. That was the word. That's that pretty was exciting. Yeah, it is. So things like that happening, but rivalries like I think that I think that the the that Philly team that has been trying to get over the, over the hump for so long is gonna is gonna upset some people just with their physicality. You know, they they got. Are you surprised that everybody's shooting for the Spartans? Because all everybody's talking, everybody talking smack. Yeah, I'll tell you right now that, on IG. Listen, all but I do is everybody's talking smack. Up. They're being bold too. They're like they're not backing down. I, Mississippi, I, the Phantoms. I, all I you know do, what I mean? Everybody's I love bold. it, man. I love it. I tell, I tell, I tell, I tell, I tell my team this every year. I said somebody's gonna beat us, man. Gore said nobody's beating you. Gore put it out there. Ain't gonna happen. Somebody's gonna beat Bell said ain't gonna happen. To be honest with you, I think I take I take all that stuff, I screenshot it, and I post it to my team, and I don't make many comments. I just drop it and I let them, I let them get off steam on our private chats. But we're, um, if you're gonna beat us, you're gonna have to be a really, really, really disciplined, um, good, great um, football team, and and just I don't care. Oh, that's you, the, you uh, guys are the uh, the Belichick Patriots of this league. So it's either they love you the or they or they really the want to beat you. Let me clarify. <laughs> let me clear up some things for you. Let me make sure you get this right because I know a lot of people that listen to your show know there are multiple leagues. I I, I we're the Belichick of women's football. I if I've talked to the owners of the other teams who are supposed to be the best and they don't want to play us. So until somebody stops talking in silence and starts talking in public and wants to line it up. And beats us. Um, you got you, you. You call us what you call us what you call call us the right thing. We the best. But 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 the best can be beat. Anybody can be beat any day of the week. And the the the. So I just want to clarify that. But in terms of the matchups, like it's going to be some real good football being played. Denver's gotten better. Utah's gotten better. You, you know Utah has a roster like. 70 P it's like unreal how many women play football down there and they can do, I'm really looking forward to see how good San Diego is. Like I think the rebellion are 
pissed from 2019. They've been mad for two years. MG and Katie over there, and I, I wish um, any team that runs up against them um, to, uh, shoots at them wrong. I think they're going to be a really good football team. Um, I think Atlanta's going to be a really, really good football team. You see Alabama and Atlanta and that rivalry. Um, they've traded some players and traded some nasty words, and that's, that always makes for a good football game. So I think we're going to have some really, really good matchups. That Mississippi team, they sure talk a good game. Wait, all I'm saying is they, they, they're, they're talking. <laughs> of course, we'll see how it turns out. I love out. it, man. We, that's a pro- I think that's one of the things that we want to see, right? We want to see the players' personalities come out. We want to create these from, rivalries. That's what we've done. From a media standpoint, okay, I'm good with it. From a media standpoint, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? Because it, it gives us content, something to share with, something to push out. Uh, I mean, not, no big deal. Um, I, I really like the schedule. Um, you know, we talked about rivalries, like when you had the LFL with the four-game set, you know, six-game set, which they've never gone to. But in reality, uh, this season, right, the, I think the six-week six week season, really in, it's going to intensify, like you said, a regional type of rivalry with a lot of teams. Oh, yeah. You know, the La Muerte de las Cruces against Denver. That's like yeah. really – kind of like a matchup, Nebraska, right, taking on your, yourselves well, at this see, point, like, Utah, this, no, Nebraska, Nebraska. Nebraska's interesting, yeah, because that Kansas City team, um, yep. that Kansas City team is, is, is built like uh, Kiki Blackman and that, that coaching staff is building a powerhouse. I know they got some really good players who came down from St. Louis. Like, they mm-hmm. are they are going to smash some folks if they're not ready. So I think you're right, that Midwest sort of Kansas City, Texas League, Houston, you know, Daryl Hobbs coming from the NFL and rebuilding mm-hmm. that Houston nope. team. There's, I don't know, man. I'm really proud of the teams in the WNFC. I really am. And I think I, I'd rock with them against uh, against anybody, but the rivalries are going to be good. What do you think? Let me ask you, since you're asking me all the questions. What do you th- who do you think is coming out of, the West, out, of the, out of the West and out of the East? All right, so if I have to top I have my top four already because I knew you were going to come up with okay. something like that to ask me okay. four. Okay. I already know. Uh, so it would be yourselves, you know, uh, so far yourselves based on what I see in terms of, you know, tidbits on the rosters and stuff. I think Utah will be there number two on the West. And then I really have to, like you said, I'm, I'm really looking at San Diego. I think San Diego's really going to mm-hmm. surprise. They've been doing a lot of good things. They brought in a lot of, you know, influx from international influence too. Um, yeah. Then L.A., I think L.A. will surprise a lot of people in terms of the West. Mm. So that's it. I, mean, I don't know about Seattle at this point. I know that, you know, I haven't scoped them enough, but I think the top four would be right there. Um, if you, yeah. if you well, want my sleeper, so if you want my sleepers, going, I would say eat. La Muerte. La Muerte oh, would be yeah? my sleeper and right next to Nebraska. Okay. And, every, and okay. I know Christian, Christian London's going to go, what the hell, there no Denver? I'm like, I, I, I want to <laughs> see Denver week one. Denver week one, yeah, and then I'll reassess everybody in week one. You know what I mean? You know who my sleep. You know who my sleep is going to be. And 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 don't sleep on Ebony Kimbrough out there with that Carolina crew because they're just they're just tough women. Um, and and somebody who's been in the game two decades is not going to put out a slouch. So I I wouldn't sleep on the Carolina uh, Queens at all either. But you know who I think is going to be a sleeper team? I I think the Florida Avengers are going to be a good football team. 
I think yeah, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of good pieces out there right now. To your point, they have a lot of good nucleus. That's a, so I think hey, that's going to be a key. I think they're going to surprise some people. I think they're going to run the ball well. I think they're they're big, physical, and they're going to have some low scoring, you know, old school, um, ground and pound, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of kind of football games. And I think they're going to upset some folks. So that's that's kind of my well, on the east. On the east, I think if I had to put my top five on the east, I, I really have to put uh, Philly as uh, as a surprise. I, I I think they're going to come out, you know, like you said, out of the box. They're going to try to prove something. Yep. At, at Alabama as well. I think they're out to prove something. Um, Atlanta as a staple. They they they. I think they they're the best team in terms of like trying to get themselves on the map as the top league from the west to the east. as an example. So Atlanta for me. Then I'd probably have to throw in, you know, uh, at this point, I'll throw in Alabama second. From you know from 2009, and then at that point it would be Philly uh, toss up between Philly and Washington, and you then sleep, you sleep on the, the prodigy. You think you think the prodigy is just 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 third level football? You don't think they're gonna come with? No, um, like I said, if, they, if, if you're your news today, if Jen King's gonna quarterback, mm-hmm. then I would have to bump them up, you know, and, fl- and fluctuate it up, right? Because that's a big difference, you know, if yeah, you put Jen King in there, pretty experienced quarterback. Quarterback makes a huge difference on on right, anything. Right. So I think that I'm not, not, the, I'm not taking anything yeah. away from the Queens. Uh, I just haven't seen them yet. Like I said, you know, yep. and yep. this is a totally different animal. I, I always I, I tell everybody that the WNFC year one proved this is a totally different animal. I mean, just the rivalry between San Diego, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, and Seattle, and then the rivalry between you guys and and Utah, right? And that was and then yeah, you guys no, all, they, Alabama, they Atlanta. Yeah, that Alabama Atlanta rivalry is gonna yep. be good. That Philly, that Philly Washington prodigy uh, game. Like I actually, I mm-hmm. want to see it. Like I'm, I'm yep. excited. I, w- I would want to be in the stands for that football game. Um, I think that's why right. I'm saying I the think... schedule really made it. The schedule that you guys put out, uh, I think, was really beneficial in in the sense that it is regionally clashed, and then whoever yeah. comes out of it's gonna be. Gonna, they're gonna be everybody's gonna be wounded once we get to like week six. It's like who, who's gonna <laughs> who's gonna make it to the playoffs, right? It's, who's gonna survive yeah, the for the owners, playoffs? The owners and the owners in the WNFC all came together and 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 they decide and we decide to move as one and that's the cool thing, you know. Atlanta's taking a trip to DC, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Philly's taking a trip down to Mississippi, and so it's like. We got some. We got some owners that are that see the value of putting teams together and creating rivalries and what that does for the value of your business later. And so I, I you know, just shout out to these owners who are like, not, um, you know, not saying, listen, if it's more than ten hours, we can't go. So I think that they are, they are all, and the players too. They're all stepping up to to go play, go make sure we put some good football content out there. All right, so Odessa, um, I'm going to be in a hot seat because, you know, we did the rankings in year one, and people were very highly, you know, critical of every week that we put out the rankings, right? Everybody was like, how can I be number three? What is, you guys are nuts, right? Um, so, I mean, the expansion of more teams, I, I think you just made it more of like 
we're going to be bullseye, right, to do, to do rankings. Oh, yeah. You come out with a ranking, everybody's oh, going to be just highly critical, right? Yeah, but listen, that's a part of the brand, right? I mean, first of all, nobody gets rankings right. So whether it's the BCS, the computer, or rankings, or the AP, everybody's going to have something to say. And every time the playoffs come, somebody's going to get screwed. So I think no matter what system you have for postseason eligibility and postseason decision-making, somebody's going to be upset and somebody's going to be really happy. And our leadership team realizes that and thinks that the best way is to rely on humans. Um, In some cases, it's third parties who have no interest in women's football football and other parts. Other times it's people like you who watch it, know it, soak it in, been, been in it for decades and, I think all of that is is really good, but you're right. The the rankings committee. The cool thing about this year is that the coaches poll is going right. to combine with the rankings committee like week, week one. And we, you know, last year we our last last season we didn't bring in the coaches polling until until I think it was like week eight or something like that. Because I think the coaches, uh, to your point, the coaches poll is really the higher graded versus us media people. You know what I mean? Because they're they're yeah. in the game every week. So if they yep. see value in another team or they see value in an, a certain athlete and they they start to really, you know, gauge everybody, then it's it's a lot more credible, I think, in that sense because that's their peers, right? And that's their the rivals. They see a lot of value in that, then it's it makes the rankings a little bit more credible, right? Yep, yep, exactly. And I think that was a good move. Um, on our operations team to kind of make that move to bring it in and, and co- the coaches our 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 our, um, our coaches our strategy group that's made up by our coaches kind of made that recommendation. I think it's going to be a really good one for the for the 2021 season. So I I appreciate you uh, making the time. I really do because a lot of people are so excited about what you guys are you know doing and how you guys are coming about. And like I said, it's not just yourself, but obviously the the, the people in the background and everybody that's obviously helping you uh, create this great content and brand. Um, we are just, you know, we're anticipating this big eyes from overseas because a lot of people are so excited about your kickoff uh, being w- one of the two top leagues in the United States and given the pandemic and everything else and everybody's having the time. And now that you guys are, you know, putting out an actual content on a network type mentality, just like we did, you know, with San Diego Digital Imaging when they did the Facebook Lives uh, the first year. Um, I think a lot of people were excited about it, and I think athletes, their families, their friends, and everybody else, um, it's mobility now on a mobile stage, and I, I, I really think that that's going to bring a lot more excitement than, than year one. Yeah, I mean, you talk about bets and planning. I mean, that's the how we're distributing our content and how we're distributing our game content this year is going to be one of the biggest, um, sort of pilots uh, that we've done as a business. Every year we try to do something that's radical, and this year we're biting off a huge thing. And so, Bo McMichael, you know, we're 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 kicking off the WNFC Blitz Week One, um, and WNFC Blitz is going to be every you know every matchup on Saturday night um, live streamed. Um, into a multicast, and this year you'll get to watch 10 games at one time, or you'll be able to watch a mashup, or you'll be able to watch one game at a time. So this year 
We'll have three options um, on Saturday night, um, and we'll be going broadcasting from the league's website as well as the league's Facebook. And every team's going to be live streaming this year, so we'll be able to pull in stream from every WNFC game. And that's on Saturday night. So anytime anybody wants to go watch a game live, they'll have the ability on socials or through a website, and that'll be available also on Roku um, through um, through the VMO, cha- VMO channel. And then on Monday nights, all of that content, um, the games in particular, every matchup is going to be available for rebroadcast on Viac. So every single one of our football games will be on that app by the end of the season, and every single one of our football games will be watched live. So we talk about success. To me, if we pull that off, like, bow down. You know what I mean? Like, bow down. I mean, it's we, done overseas. When we pull that it's off, done overseas. you know. So it's yeah. it's not like it can't be done. It can be done, like you said, but there's a lot of intangibles yeah. that come with resources and, and everybody that yep. you know, is going to contribute. Uh, I mean, Bo, yep. we got to give him credit. Um, he's very creative. So, you know, that that also helps to be very creative and try to spearhead something like that for exposure. I really think he sees the bigger picture too, right? Because this is this is a launch. It's a startup. It's something that we have to get people to notice. So I, I think uh, everybody that's helping you has bought into that attitude, right? Yeah, and we 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 dance with who got us there, right? Like just because mm-hmm. we picked up buyer and global distribution didn't mean anything to me. I'm a rock with Bo and Score Fifty Eight for as long as we're around. Somehow we're going to be doing business together and growing together. His business has grown, mm-hmm. my business has grown, and I think a part of that is just people taking care of the people and Bo you know, has done a lot of experimenting in the off season with a lot of men's semi-pro leagues and basketball and learned a lot. And then he comes and he puts those things in production with us. And, and the guy loves the WNFC. And so I think um, he's proud of, of what we're doing. And, and I let him be Frankenstein. And when he messes up, I, you know, send him a drink and tell him, let's try it again. So, I think that some of it is experimenting, like you said, like a startup, like any other startup would do, but the payoff is pivotal to the future of the game. Um, before we let you go, uh, attendance-wise, um, is it per state? Is that or, or each team's going to put out based on, uh, you know, if people can actually come to the stands with guidelines and things like that? Will that be individual team? you know, announcements, in other words, like the NFL has been doing? Yeah, it'll be individual teams. Right now, um, there's 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 a couple of cities that still haven't allowed for um, for uh, for um, events at, at this level to come together. But for the most part, all of our teams have stadiums, have games confirmed, and have have the ability to have uh, have fans in the stands. So we've been pretty lucky at the timing, right? We made a big bet with pushing the season a month, and I think it's paid off um, with, mm-hmm. with uh, you know, with the vaccine and with, with some of the other developments with the with the pandemic. So I think for the most part you'll look team by team, and that's why we're kind of doing tickets the way that we are. Um, you know, before we did a really professional sort of buyer thing at the league level, 
but because of what's happening with the pandemic, we're letting each individual each individual team kind of handle that on their own. We're hoping by the time we get to the nine cup back here at the University of North Texas at Apogee, that we'll have a better um, a better outcome and and blow and have thousands and thousands and thousands of people um, attending our our um, our end of year event. Awesome. All right. Um... So I really appreciate you making the time. I know you're busy, busy, and super busy. And uh, as always, I, I really appreciate you coming on and giving us uh, our audience and giving our platform uh, the lowdown of what's happening with the uh, the Women's National Football Conference and the 2021 excitement that's going to come up here in, what, a week? Almost a week from today. So Almost a week, It's going to be very man. awesome. Almost a week. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's my pleasure. Like I said, Dan, who got you there? You've always been um, – you know, even when it was risky, you gave me a platform, and I and I just appreciate all the support that you have given to the sport and to the to the individual women and telling our stories and um, making room for our voices. So, um, like I say, you you always you're a friend of the program, and, and I, I appreciate you and keep going and doing what you're doing. I'm proud of what, proud of your platform, and we'll keep building. Thank you, Odessa. Uh, I really appreciate that. I I know we're you know, we're at that next level, and I'm so excited for you guys in terms of, you know, all the, the both the sport in general in the United States because I think it's just it's going to break out, and um, we have a lot of messages overseas. So if you don't know, uh, everybody's eyeing, you know, keeping an eye on you guys, and this is this is huge. And May 1st is going to be uh, really exciting for all of us to keep track week to week for the uh, six to eight weeks that's happening. So uh, we're looking forward to all the content. We're looking forward to everything cool. that you guys are going to push out and via, uh, via our network. So um, if you guys haven't gone to, it's on Google Play and Apple Store, right, uh, Odessa? So via Net- yeah, network app, get it and download it. V-Y-R-E, via network, V-Y-R-E. Follow us on socials at WNFC Football everywhere. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, on TikTok. And um, as long as you're following our league socials, you'll know what's going on. We'll make some announcements coming up this week about WNFC Blitz and the multicast and all the cool stuff that Score 58 is doing. So, yeah, download Vire, B-Y-R-E Network. We're trying to, uh, right now, we're in the top five content, um, top ten with two of our shows. Again, last time I checked, I think we were at um, 60,000 views on the League of Our Own, and that's going to Denver next. So a lot of really, really cool um, statistics coming out of our content on Vire Network so far. So thank you to everybody who's downloaded and watched so far. We're really excited to see that kind of volume coming. Um, fun fact, our, one of our WNFC Im- images is the top-clicked images um, so far in the history of the app, and that's, that's even ahead of a Trey Songz image, which if you ever looked at Trey Songz, he's, uh, he's fun to click on. So I'm excited to, <laughs> to hear that we, uh, we're beating Trey Songz. That's pretty awesome. Um, let's give a shout out to uh, before we get out of here, Sarah Clark, also doing a great job on the uh, Her Game magazine, which I subscribe to. So it's done really well. So if anybody out there wants to pick it up, you can go to wnscfootball.com. You can get the link right there to subscribe to the uh, monthly mag, which is uh, done really nice. Uh, issue one, I think it was uh, was it uh, yeah it's London quarterly. It's correct? Yeah, it's quarterly. There'll be four magazines this year. We're thinking about mm-hmm. going uh, going monthly next year. It's hard, man, but shout out to Sarah yeah. Clark. You're so right. Um, it's a beautiful magazine. If you got little girls, frankly, little boys, any kids who are dreaming, 
um, or anybody who wants to hear more about the story of the WNFC, go ahead and order her gay magazine. It is, um, it, it, you're right, it's beautifully done. And I'm so proud of uh, our ability to put out stuff like that. And I think it makes a difference because um, it also gives uh, kind of a story background for the league. It also helps them, you know, it's, it, it's just done right. So shout out to them uh, and shout out to her for putting together and all the uh, contributing photographers that put out some of the content on the magazine. So her game mag, you can get it right at WNSEfootball.com. Vanessa, thank you again. Appreciate it. Uh, continued success. Wish you well. Uh, good state of health as well. And looking forward to May 1st as we uh, kick off WNFC 2021. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Be safe, everybody out there. Have a great night. All right. Enjoy. Peace. All right, guys. That was uh, Odessa Jenkins. CEO of the WNFC, and she is uh, informative, insightful, and there you got you got the lowdown of what's going to happen here May 1st with the uh, Women's National Football Conference, and uh, what an excitement, East excitement. So uh, all of you guys listening, hey, we're all, we're all excited, so we're not, not putting down any team. I know all teams are equal week one, so we're looking forward to that uh, in, in terms of the state. We got Carolina Queens, we got Washington Prodigy, and the news here from Odessa that Jennifer King's going to play for the Washington Prodigy. Okay, well, we've got to go ahead and validate, and hopefully that's true. But uh, that elevates the Prodigy to another level as well with an experienced quarterback there, championship quarterback at that. Um, and then also Philly, Atlanta, Alabama, Mississippi, um, East Coast excitement, not to take away from the West, of course, staple, staple franchises in the West. As I mentioned before, San Diego, Reverend to go. I think they've worked off the offseason really, really big. And then uh, L.A., it's going to be tough, too. Seattle uh, is working their way up there as well. So the, the West Coast is going to be a tough grind. And then you got uh, Kansas City in the mix. you got Houston that's been uh, upgraded as well in, in terms of that uh, Midwest section. Nebraska, year two, kind of excited to see what they're going to be all about. Uh, Denver uh, and see how they're going to be about in, in year two here. You can't forget Phoenix, the Prowlers out in Arizona. So a lot of excitement building up for w, uh, WNFC 2021, and this is uh, where we wanted to be at, um, and not including, you know, everything that happened in year one, but year two is going to be awesome. And like she said, she's going to have some news coming up here where everybody can dive into the WNFC on a week-to-week basis, game day included, and replays on a, on a, on a different day, which is, I think, on a Monday. So I'm kind of excited to see how that content's going to turn out and how it's going to be received. And as we share it, how, you know, how many views, how many uh, traction and reach it's going to get. Um, so as a social media geek that I am, that's one of the metrics that I look at is like, what are, where, is, where are we trending? How, how are we going? And where are we getting the reach in terms of uh, visibility? Is it international? Is it local? Uh, that also makes a big difference for for markability and for promotions and to put out ads and things like that. So really, uh, metrics metrics driven is what uh, we were talking about. Also with their content on TikTok, their content on IG, their content on Facebook and Twitter. Um, it's just it's all other platforms that you can dive into. It's nice that they are diving into those as well. I mean, we're not on TikTok because our our platform is not so much in, as an individuality type mentality, but uh, you know, at some point we'll probably get up there as well with the rest of the with the rest of the leagues at this point. So excited for WFA Women's Football Alliance as well coming in here with 11 Sports. 
and we're going to have a lot of uh, excitement as the road to Canton is built in terms of week one of the WFA in the world are going to be displayed this next week, and we're going to be very excited, also excited for the rankings. And we're going to be doing our own rankings week to week. Uh, we'll put out our top ten, uh, top five in each conference. That's what we, we were trying to break down. So top five in each conference, we'll kind of discuss it here on the podcast every Tuesday after week one and, and after every game day and week ending. And we'll kind of dive into the top five in both leagues in the WFA, top five in the WNFC, and then we can kind of correlate and have conversations about, you know, who's going to be at the end and who's going to show up in the championship in terms of the playoffs and the championship. So that right there is very exciting to figure that out. Um, if you guys got, haven't gone to monkeyknifefight.com, head on over monkeyknifefight.com. Use our code NJF. You can get a lot of stuff out there at Monkey Knife Fight. So check it out. It's a really awesome platform to play. So you get a free $5 play up to $50 match. So you go to monkeyknifefight.com. You can play NBA, uh, NHL, Major League Baseball. Uh, really nice uh, home hit, home derby contest uh, that you can play on Major League Baseball. So check it out right there. Free $5 play, up to $50 match, and you can check it out at monkeyknife5.com, code NJF. All right. We should have uh, Gabby Farrell here in a couple minutes. Then we're going to have in 30 minutes or so, we will have Nate Ward giving us the lowdown on X-League updates and as well as LNFA Feminina week, uh, uh, week six, plus the makeup game of week three, which is Herbato's uh, taking on uh, Coslada uh, trucks. So that's going to be pretty awesome to dive into. Uh, we're going to dive into NFL uh, draft mode here in, this, in the second uh, 30 minutes of the second hour, and then we'll finish up strong going forward uh, for the excitement that's going to be happening here in uh, a week. And we'll be launching w, uh, WNFC uh, year two and the WFA launching, I believe this is almost their 11th or 12th season, so it's really awesome uh, that they're going to be both in action, and we're going to have women's tackle football at the highest level possible. And uh, international reach is huge. A lot of interest. Uh, we got a lot of messages from a lot of uh, fans overseas. Uh, just the excitement, uh, the fact that it's mobile and the platforms are mobile and the fact that they're going to be able to watch all these games. It's going to be really interesting to watch. And uh, we're just giddy to just showcase it out there on our platforms because that's what's going to, it's going to take us to another level of visibility and the growth of both leagues, and that's what we want. And uh, hopefully at some point the players will get paid. And that's our goal is to eventually get to that level where we can pay the players via sponsorship, via TV deals, via any of those platforms that normal pro leagues built uh, for a, you know, a long time and then obviously becomes a normal for them in terms of feeder, uh, money, money feeding in so that it makes it possible for the players to get paid as well on a week-to-week basis. So um, kind of excited. Uh, for the uh, inf- the draft in itself, and let me dive into it right now because I think that's the key coming up this week. Uh, who's going to be who's going to take what, and who's going to take who um, in that in that sense. And um, I, I really am excited to see who's going to go number one at this point. Um, number one, everybody I think knows it's going to be Trevor Lawrence at this point. Uh, I don't think anybody's surprised if he doesn't go number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But if you know, if you don't think he's going to go number one, um, I don't know who you're going to take. Fields more than likely. But let me get my notes here because 
here we go. Let me go. And it's here. So Trevor Lawrence, the story there with the uh, the coach coming in here into uh, you know into the Jaguars, uh, brand new coach. So the Jaguars will pick a number one. The Jets will pick a number two. Uh, both teams will be pretty much taking a quarterback based on all the mock drafts that I that I accumulated. Uh, Mel Kuyper's mock draft and also uh, on um, Move the Sticks on the NFL Network as well. So uh, Trevor Lawrence to the Jags, number one. So we'll see how you know those those go. But both the Jaguars and the Jets, along with the Dolphins, have two first round picks in the draft. The Dolphins ended up with the number three pick, uh, thanks to the Houston Texans uh, trade for offensive tackle Laramie Tunzel last year, and the number eighteen pick. The Falcons and the Bengals round up at the top five selection. So the draft order is going there. You will get to see the NFL draft in Cleveland. The first round on April 29th, then rounds two and three will be on April 30th, while rounds four through seven will be um, on May 1st. Uh, the draft will be broadcast on ESPN and the ESPN app. You can also uh, get uh, updates and all that, obviously, on the NFL Network, if you have the NFL Network. If not, you can get it on the NFL.com. You can go NFL.com directly there. So check out uh, all 32 teams uh, below. So I'll start with Jacksonville at this point. As soon as we get Gabby in here, we'll, we'll dive into the rest. But Jacksonville ha- had a pick in the top 10 of the first round 19 times as it enters the, their 27th season. It has never had an, a number one overall you know, pick. So the, the last team to make the playoffs uh, the year it had the number one pick was uh, the 2013 Kansas City Chiefs. So the Jaguars have taken three quarterbacks in the first round uh, if anybody can remember Byron Leftwich, <laughs> number seven in 2003, uh, Blaine Gabbert, number 10 in 2011, 14. Um, so they, uh, none of them around with the team. <laughs> so it's not like they're going to be Hall of Famers or anything to do with the Jacksonville Jaguars in terms of like, you know, tenured players. Uh, maybe Bortles at, at some point, I think was probably the most exciting player in terms of those three guys. But overall, it, the Jaguars not necessarily known for having a great quarterback or a staple quarterback like some franchises do. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence could change all that and could be the guy that obviously transforms Jacksonville into some sort of uh, contender year one. We'll see. I mean, uh, Blake, uh, Blake uh, Bortles was supposed to be the guy in 2014, and it never really matured that way. So they all became sort of journeymen, and they went to different places, and there you are. Uh, the Jets just missed out on their second number one overall pick. They used their only number one to select wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson. That was way back in the day of 1996. The Jets have picked up second twice, selecting wide receiver Johnny Lamb Jones in 1980 and running back Blair Thomas in 1990. So the Jets reported to be targeting Anthony Munoz in the second round in 1980, but reportedly passed on him, and he failed the physical, so he never got Anthony Munoz and the Bengals take advantage of Anthony Munoz and uh, 11 Pro Bowls, and that, that's the story that goes there. So Jets at number two, and then you got the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners moved up via trade on March 26th when they selected wide receiver Brandon Acuke with the second of two round picks last year. It was the first time they had selected a skills position player in the first round since 2007. So in the same span, they selected four defensive ends. Um, let's see if we bring in uh, – I think Gabby's on the line here. Let's... Hey, Gabby, is that you? 
Hello, Oscar. Hey, Gabby. Just talking NFL draft here after the um, interview with Odessa Jenkins here, uh, giving us all the lowdown of the WNFC 2021 as we kick off in a week. So awesome. That's awesome. Very so good. she's out, totally excited. Via network, everybody's going to be able to watch the games on day game day, which is Saturday, and I think on Monday you're able to get replays of all the games. So we're going to be diving in, as we said before, week to week, and you know diving into the top ten teams in each league, kind of dissecting, you know, the standings week to week, and giving us giving our own rankings in terms of who's the better squads for week to week. So that that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, that's going to be really exciting. All right. I was talking uh, – let's, let's drive back here. Um, I was talking about Trevor Lawrence, uh, Gabby, going to Jacksonville, which they've always chosen quarterbacks. They've had three quarterbacks in their history. None of them have matured in, in terms of, like, long-tenured and somebody that you're going to, you know, hey, put them on a wall of fame in Jacksonville as an example. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to be the answer to the, the Jaguars reviving their program and making themselves a contender. Right. I mean, that's a it's a hopeful bet, so hopefully it works out for them. But, you know, it doesn't sound like they thought the history has. Well, you know, Gabby, it's it's one of those things where, like, everybody thinks because you get a number one pick that somehow you're going to be instantly successful, right? And that's just not the way it works. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have the pieces, you know, on the offensive line, if you don't have the pieces put together in terms of protection or a run game, there's just a lot, of, a lot of more intangibles, right? Not just, oh, we're going to get the number one pick and we're good. We're going to be, you know, stellar. Right. Well, it's not like it's not like one one person or one player really makes or breaks the team. It's really how the team works together. So I guess the hope is that you have one great player and then hopefully everyone else can, you know, mesh together with that one person. But it's really based off the person, not so much the skills of that one player to carry the team. Well, if you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, I guess you're hoping for that. <laughs> you're hoping of course, that he is the promised land. <laughs> yeah, but I think anyone that knows football knows that as much as you would love for that to be the case, you can have, like, a perfect staff and perfect, you know, line, but the people on the field and how well they work together. So that'll be – it'll show in time. All right, so um, we talked about it and we joked about it. So if you're a uh, Jets fan, uh, I think the, the last number one pick you had was Keyshawn Johnson, and that was way back in the day, 1996. <laughs> so um, you haven't had much success. And then um, the tidbit that I found uh, researching this, uh, they passed on Anthony Munoz because he failed his uh, physical. <laughs> and Anthony Munoz oh. went to the Bengals and, and had 11 Pro Bowl seasons. So. <laughs> Uh, don't have a very good history <laughs> in terms of making the right call. Hopefully, you know, Coach Salas coming from the Niners will be will have a different mindset, right? Maybe create a different nucleus and put Gang Green on the map again in the uh, AFC East. There's a, there's a lot of hype from the uh, the Jets fans in New York um, for you know things hopefully getting better, but it doesn't based off what you know, the history of the Jets not looking so great. But I appreciate their their heart and their you know they're still in it, but doesn't doesn't seem that's going to be the case. 
No, and I, and I really think that that's the case, like, with a lot of teams. Uh, if you're a fan base, you know, right, you're, you're just – I mean, I'm a Rams fan, and, I mean, picking up Stafford, Matthew Stafford is like, okay, yeah, this is going to be great, but, you know, it, just, uh, it might turn out great, right? It might not turn out mm-hmm. great. And then I'll be griping in the season. Right. So yeah, it doesn't work out sometimes. And that's what I'm saying. It's like it's not it's not sure it's not like a sure bet, right? It's not like a sure bet that just because you draft a certain player that you're just your team's gonna just turn things around completely to the point where you know, you're just oh, okay, we're going to the promised land now. It just just doesn't it doesn't work that way. Right. It's very like I feel like following the draft is very like, you know, you hope for the best, you hope for the best, but really it's some season time or preseason and then season time that you, you see how, you know, how does the team work together and how do these new pieces fit in the mix? So um, do you think quarterbacks we talked about last week, mostly all, all the hype is on quarterbacks, right? There's like no other position players uh, for that. So I'm assuming it's like the top five teams, there's desperation for just leadership. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Do you think that's a, that's going to be one of the wise things for them to do at this point? Just look and, and try to draft a quarterback, and then I don't know if the, I don't know if the quarterbacks I don't know if every team needs a quarterback, but for the <laughs> most part, everybody's going for you know to get a oh my god we got to get a quarterback. It's just I don't know if it's that realistic anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you you want that t- the leadership to really like change the direction of the team, but I I don't know if um a new person it takes time in the program to develop those relationships among your the team, but also like I don't know. I think I think it takes a lot more time and that like sometimes new new is not always better. So, I don't I don't, you know, agree with it entirely, but that seems to be the mold of the draft at the moment. So the Jets will take, from what I hear, from all the mock drafts that I'm following, the Jets are going to take Zach Wilson from BYU. So no secret, the Jets are going to get a quarterback, right? Number two after they mm-hmm. traded Sam Darnold to the Panthers. So um, he has a great arm and a, a nice ability to make uh, difficult throws on the move. This is all tidbits, notes from, like, Mel Kuyper and all these other guys. The Jets are ready to reset mm-hmm. the clock with another rookie quarterback, but can they be successful is the word. You know, are we going to have roster-building pitfalls again that will crush, you know, the same situation that they put in Sam Donald in? Right. I mean, you have to – I think it's it's more in terms of predicting what, what could be – it's better to look at the history of what has already happened and, you know, patterns don't lie. So I, I would say, you know, I'll talk my, my crap here, but I don't, I don't think the Jets will have a very good, it's not looking good for them. And that's, that's coming from somebody that's right there in New York. (laughs) It's like you're on California. You have to have sympathy for Jets fans. I'm like, you're trying your best, but you know, I feel for you. I'm a Cowboys yeah. fan. And you are you are a Cowboys fan too, like Mac? Oh my god, I know. Okay. Wow, what's Chelsea? Is Chelsea have a team? I don't even really, I didn't bother asking or anything. Oh, uh, Chelsea's a cheese head. Oh, that's right. She's obviously 
Okay. So not so between you guys is, is that a is that a rivalry of some sort? Like didn't didn't the coach go to Dallas? I think the coach went to Dallas, right? Yeah, the coach did go to <laughs> Dallas, McCarthy, right? Yeah. I mean, Tom wow. and I we're we're cool. You no, know, during the season it's a little heated, but it's you know, we're cool. Well, I, I honestly I'm, I'm didn't know sure that I was a Cowboys fan, but until I joined this podcast and you told you said it last time, last week. Yeah, Mac. Mac a hardcore. <laughs> love Mac love that and hardcore. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how you have to be though. Like I'm very like oh. on the soft end of like I'm you know. Gabby, <laughs> in New Gabby, York, I am anticipating like... the return of the Mac Daddy and and the return of Chelsea on the same podcast because she's a cheese hater. <laughs> that's not oh. good. <laughs> wow, we got some beef on here. <laughs> we do. That's not good. I just, I just, it's just, it, you know, it's like when you, when you like turn around and you're like, oh crap, <laughs> that's my moment right now. <laughs> oh, maybe not the right move. <laughs> Amazing. It will be. Oh. I think they'll be civil. You think they'll be civil? Cause they, they played against each other too on the field. So. Yes. I think there's a, uh, there's respect. It'll be, among them. it'll be entertaining to hear two salty people <laughs> going at it. <laughs> Absolutely. We need that. Oh. <laughs> All right, so Chelsea, I know you're uh, you're uh, you know caught up with other things today, but uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Mac not a fan of the, of the cheese <laughs> for no reason. So, much, so many truths are coming out. Oh my God, I just didn't realize it until now. But thank you for bringing it to my attention. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, absolutely! That's what we're all about here. It's going to be fun. All right. Um, let's move on to San Francisco, Gabby, since we're <laughs> moving on rivalries. I don't like San Francisco, by the way. I'll just be a frank up. <laughs> Me and Holly get along, but we're both on, uh, on each other's you know, odds. Just she's a Niner fan. I'm a Ram fan. So so we have beef on, on the podcast, mm-hmm. right, in terms of loyalty? Yeah, as it should be. Keep things as it should be. All right. Um, Justin Fields. So the Niners apparently are going to take Justin Fields even as the Hall of Famer ranted last week. <laughs> she doesn't want the quarterback. Uh, but uh, I guess from all the mock drafts, if Justin Fields is on the board at number three, I guess the Niners will take number three. Hmm. Interesting. Have you seen uh, Justin Fields at all play? I have not. Well, he's a good kid. What I mean, his... he's okay. I mean, he's not like a bad yeah. deal or anything, but uh, – so uh, here's here's some uh, some tidbits. Last time quarterbacks went one, two, and three in the draft was in '99, which was Tim Couch for the to the Browns, which he no longer is <laughs> with us in terms of like in the NFL. Donovan McNabb mm-hmm. to the Eagles, right? And then it was Achilles mm-hmm. Smith to the Bengals. So that was the last time we had a one, two, and three. So maybe this is a repeat of '99, where everybody's going to go one, two, and three quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Shanahan likes to keep things close to, uh, you know, a good, productive person. I don't know if he's – I don't know if Jimmy G is no longer, like, welcoming because he's kind of, like, not within this system, I guess, in a way. But if if you make the jump, I guess, you know, you get a brand-new player, 22 years old, Fields is really uh, – he does bootleg and play action. So I guess he mm-hmm. gives you more versatility. In that sense, I guess it's a smart move by the Niners. Right. Well, that'll be interesting to see. 
Do you have a mobile quarterback with the with the Wolves, or do you have a, an actual box quarterback? Um, we have a mobile quarterback. Yeah, she was, she actually so started as a running back. So a little bit more dynamic, right, in terms of the playbook. Correct. So it leaves some options instead of just being a more of a pass-dominant team or a, you know, scramble. I mean, those things happen, so it's, it's nice to have that option, unfortunately. <laughs> and I, I think the Niners are looking for something of that option because competitively in the West, you got Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. right? you got Kyle Murray. you got uh, Stafford now. And though all those three guys are able to move around, right? Kind of evade yep. the, the pass rusher. And in Jimmy yeah. G, you got the Tom, you got the Tom Brady, which he's not so mobile, right? He's just a, and right, so right. maybe the Niners are worried about that, right? Of course. I mean, you want to have more options in your arsenal there, so that makes sense in terms of what. All right. Um, you have to work with what you have at end, but. You think Niner Nation, like like Holly, is just, oh, uh, I don't think we want to take that quarterback, or they want to just stick with Jimmy G for another year? I mean, Holly was like, okay, I don't want to do that, right? I'd rather take, you know, get a lineman or a, a guard or, or somebody to help Jimmy G out. So I don't think Jimmy yeah. G's over the hill, but at the same time, maybe he's overstayed his welcome, if you want to say it that way. I think it's smarter to um, go for someone that will help who you have already. I think that is the smarter option, like Holly said. I would yeah. have to agree and with I, Holly. I, yeah, I, I, too, I do too because I think that you've invested so much time and and he's had he hasn't been healthy of healthy you know in a healthy state. So maybe if he gets healthy this year, it changes a lot of things. But we'll see what the uh, you know we'll see it on what April 29th. We'll see what the Niners mm-hmm. will will it be Justin Fields or somebody else. Uh, Atlanta apparently will be taking an offensive tackle from Oregon from my uh, notes here. So Matt Ryan's uh, restructured to give the team cap relief. Doesn't preclude Atlanta from taking a quarterback, but I guess they would rather, you know, help the quarterback that they have already. So they're going to take, from what I'm told, they're they're taking an offensive tackle from Oregon, Panay Sewell. So big boy, by the way. (laughs) That That guy's pretty big. Amazing. And that is the smartest so, thing to do, I think. Right? I mean, you, you, Matt Ryan really needs that support, and he's still a durable quarterback. It's not like he's over the hill. Mhm. Yeah, that's, that is, I think, that is a team that is, you know, they're trying to, like, put their quarterback, their team in, in success. So you need to – man the front and make sure that your your quarterback is safe because that makes your, you know, it puts the rest of your team in a more successful position throughout the season. You don't want them to so your quarterback. I think it's a good move uh, good move for shielding, right? We need the shielding. We need the, the, guard, the, the front support. Absolutely. 100%. All right, that's, so that's number it. five, Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle, uh, same situation as Atlanta. So Joe Burrow, excitement for Joe Burrow year one, and it ended up it did not end up really good for Joe Burrow, right? So uh, mm-hmm. no greater priority for the Bengals than to fix their offensive line to give this kid an opportunity to shine. Right. Thing to do, I think. He's uh, he had I think left a season-ending uh, left knee injury with an ACL, torn ACL. So. Oh. 
okay. obviously we cannot have that again <laughs> if you don't have alignment. Oh yeah. More than likely it's gonna happen again. That's oh man. The injuries that take you know, just like Dak Prescott, but I mean you're you're a trainer. I mean that's not a not a, not like a oh it's just a little you know, little issue. No, it's a big issue, right? Yeah, it takes you know, you you don't come back the same, but you hope to come back better. That that is ideal. That's what every athlete hopes for. And there's plenty of athletes that come back better from an ACL surgery because recognize they're not gonna have the same strengths when they come back. So you get like kind of a different version of them, which is sometimes cool to see. I really like seeing um athletes come back from injuries because sometimes they, they play differently. Play to their strengths. Gabby, what's the what would you say for Burrow at this at this point? It's like he's coming back, rebounding. I think you know if if, if he sees that the team is making that type of commitment, I think he's more in good standing, right? It's it's kind of a positive form. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, in a way, you would hope that in even in perfect scenario that they're the team in you know playing in front of him and next to him or is hope like you know protecting him at all costs but now even more so that like you need to make sure that your your teammates have your back so I think if anything they would step up it's a good thing that he has his youth to his advantage that he will likely heal very quickly and probably find that you don't want to have that mental barrier holding you back you need to have the support of your teammates on off the field and all that all right. I'm, I think that's the good move for them because they, they really need to keep them upright. And if they want to be successful in the uh, AFC North with Pittsburgh, with uh, the Browns really up and coming right now, and Baltimore, um, they really need to make that commitment for, you know, to get an, uh, an offensive tackle. So they're going to they're gonna work on trying to get uh, Sowell to end there. Um, Miami's a six. They get the six pick via the Eagles uh, from all the drafts. Kyle Pitts tight end from Florida will be going to the Miami Dolphins. Well, we won't know, obviously, until the 29th, if that's true or not, but this mm-hmm. is the speculation. Uh, in the same mm-hmm. year, Belichick spends close to $90 million, Gabby, in free agency on a pair of tight ends. Uh, Pitt stands to be drafted uh, uncommonly high for his position. So, not. I think the, only, the last one that was drafted sixth in the tight end was Vernon Davis back in 2006. So, it's possible he goes in this, in, in, you know, number six, or he's probably going to go number 12, or he's probably going to go, you know, he might go a little, a little, you know, a little later in the, in the draft. But as, as it stands right now, uh, Miami's trying to commit to keeping or supporting uh, Tua in terms of helping him out. Makes sense for them. You need a weapon, right? Tight end. You need, you need to have some sort of weapon. Absolutely. That that would be a great addition. All right. Um, Detroit will be taking a receiver from what the mock drafts, Jamar Chase. Uh, so maybe Jared Goff isn't the answer in Detroit, Gabby. So in order to give him an opportunity, uh, they're taking a chance on a number one receiver. Yeah, that's like – you hope for the best, you know? So hopefully that's, like, the the person that they need for the – to complete their roster. Well, they it didn't help that they let Kenny Galladay leave in, in free agency. So that's not good. 
<laughs> they have their number one receiver and they let him go. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel bad for Jared Goff, right? <laughs> Anticipation was, oh, uh, I'm going to play with Kenny Galladay. No, you don't. You're not playing with Kenny Galladay. Yeah. <laughs> He's gone. That's insane. <laughs> Sounds like the Jets. Insane. Okay, Gabby? These Detroit Lions, <laughs> they sound like the Jets. It's like the, it's okay. a mess. <laughs> yeah, that's – I would hate to see another team fall to the, the Jets' um, legacy, if you will. It's it's not good. The the track record for Detroit, New York, anybody in this top ten draft is bad team. <laughs> I tell people oh, it's like this is this is the draft isn't fun. It's only fun for like their fan bases to get excited. Oh my god, we're gonna get a receiver. We're gonna get a tight end. But it's like yeah, it it doesn't like give you hope, right? It's like an actual oh doesn't mean that any of these teams are gonna be relevant in the playoffs. I mean, they might, right. one or two of them, but not everybody in the top ten is going to be, like, turned into a winner, right? Yeah, absolutely not. But, I mean, if it gets you excited for the season and, like, you know, you ho- you hope this is going to be your season, but typically not how it works. All right. So, New England, like, they needed any more help. <laughs> the Patriots, mm-hmm. uh, they tr- via via trade with the Panthers, could land Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. And if you know Bill Belichick, okay, he drafted the GOAT, number 62. (laughs) So another GOAT? We don't know. We won't know. All right. That will be interesting. Right? He's always had a knack for, for, you know, drafting lower players and, and bringing them up to another level. Look at Julian Edelman, who just retired. That was, a, that was like a lower, lower round draft pick. And he turned out to be a really good, you know, individual to successful for them. Julian, Julian Edelman, no comment on Julian Edelman? No, I don't. He silenced you. He's that great. He's a, he was a good <laughs> good punt returner. Good punt returner. You know what I mean? It's like awesome. Yeah. That guy did so many good things. Um, since I got you on here, Gabby, Alex Smith, that tremendous, you know, that horrible injury, and he announced that he obviously is not going to come back. He's just he's done with football. And I, I think it was the right move, right? Just you, you made enough money. Why would you put yourself in danger even more after that injury? Yeah, I mean, there's that, and the, I believe he's a little bit older, so that makes sense. you got to know your limit, and, you know, he probably wants to enjoy the rest of his life. It's a, that was a gruesome injury, don't you think? That's just horrible. Um, all the stuff that he had to go through just to get back to some sort of standing state, and that was surgeries yeah, and but, everything. Yeah, but I think that's like – the absolute. I think that's the worst injury I've heard about from football, besides like you know actually dying. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it was gruesome. It was not a good uh, sight, and you know, shout out to him for and for making it, you know, make a comeback, right, and coming back and actually getting on the field. And I think he just realizes now that that's not that's not priority, right? He's got kids, he's got a wife, he's got a, you know all this stuff that's going to happen with the family. It's yeah, second being, nature uh, when you're single. It doesn't matter, but mm-hmm. when you when you start getting a family together, it's it, it priorities obviously change. Right, that's 
you know, I'm sure it was like an, a tremendous accomplishment to be able to come back at all. And then, you know, now it's, it's time to actually focus on the things that matter aside of being an athlete. Yeah. I mean, I think all of us get to that stage, right, where we're just like, okay, our careers uh, mean so much, and then at some point our careers don't mean as much, you know, in right. terms of like, you know, when you deal with family or kids or or if you get married or you got, you know, other priorities basically come into play. Absolutely. That's, that's what it comes down to because you're a person, then you're an athlete. And then, you know, being when, you know, becoming an athlete becomes your career. It's obviously a whole nother situation, but it's, um, you know, it comes down to what, what brings you the most joy too. So having a family and taking care of that first, but being good on the home front and then your health, number one. I think that's uh, the most important thing is just getting yourself back to that reality of like, okay, we got to, there's bigger things. The Denver Broncos have not had a good quarterback since Peyton Manning left. They thought that um, Drew Luck would be the guy to take them to, you know, another level. And so I'm thinking from the mock drafts, they're also going to be taking a quarterback, Mac Jones from Alabama. So if that happens, uh, that really upgrades um, Denver to another another level, and, and see how they'll they'll do. They haven't been really good in terms of making the playoffs in the last couple of years since Peyton, um, Peyton Manning left. So, Gabby, what do you think of this uh, good move here to have you know sort of like a back burner quarterback, and maybe luck doesn't work out, and there you go, you put the young guy in. Yeah, I mean that's it's good. You know, you have to fall to your your uh, weakest link there, so they might be in a situation where they would need that, that backup. So that might be a good idea for them. Well, getting a, a new quarterback is not the move for every program. That might be what they need. Now, um, Gabby, the, uh, the last one we are going to talk about is your Cowboys uh, picking mm-hmm. Sir, Sir Tain, Patrick Sertain, cornerback. Uh, so the Cowboys were thrilled last year that they, that they got uh, D.D. Lamb. And then mm-hmm. uh, obviously Satan as the, the best cornerback on the on the on the draft board, so it's going to help out the defense at this point. And so uh, that yeah. was one of the things that the Dallas needed to fix, you know. So this could, yeah, this kid could come in and really make an impact. Yeah, I think that was a really smart pick for them. Pick so just make sure everybody knows <laughs> it's all we're speculating and we're thinking that right. these are the people. These are the players that each team is going to be drafting. So we won't know until, obviously, April 29th on the official draft. So it's really, really kind of cool in that sense. In that sense. Um, so let's go ahead and bring in uh, Nate Ward in the house here. And we're going, to, we're going to dive into the hub. We're also going to dive into LNFA Feminina week, uh, week six and, and then the makeup game that happened this past weekend. So let's, let's bring in Nate Ward. Nate, a year? How's it going, Oscar? Great, Nate. We just we were just uh, finishing up NFL draft cup coming here for the the next week, so we'll see how that all turns out based on uh, all these mock drafts that everybody came up with. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what we'll I'm see fine. what you're uh, doing the draft to kind of help out Russell Wilson. Yeah, get him a little bit of. Uh... A little bit of support and protection, you know. Can't can't take too many more hits like he has, right? No, not it hasn't been very fun 
from what we hear from him. No, not hardly. <laughs> All right, uh, Nate. Any any updates on X League uh, at this point? Besides, uh, we got what uh, we got what sixty days till kickoff. At this point, isn't it June now? It's June, right? Middle of June. Middle of uh, middle of June. Yeah. Uh, aside from five days ago, and I'm saying fifty-eight days. I seen a lot of. Uh, I mean, I, I do like some of the stuff I'm seeing. They have been getting some stuff, some some shots and clips in from from camps, and I, I mean, legit, legit. I mean, we're we're not messing around, but uh, I'd like to see some more hype, and, and and I'd like to see more of the actual uniforms. We've seen sort of the the default X League one. They gave a little taste with like the top of the. Um, Denver Rush uniform and said that more were coming and that was like almost a month now and I'm kind of oh, I'm a little concerned they're not doing enough effort to, uh, to 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 put the thing out here I mean I I know venues still don't have a lot of tickets available but at least fill the ones you've got and put the effort forth you know it's, it's disappointing to say the least I'm I mean still excited but it's disappointing to see the the lack of effort being put forth. Maybe he doesn't have enough interns. That's the problem. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just said to myself, Good point. out. <laughs> Nate tore, tore them apart a little bit. Oh, no, Nate. So no, he, he's a fan, but he, he has no qualms about tearing <laughs> tearing anybody apart, especially actually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what what you'll learn about me is I expect nothing but the the best, and when I when I see poor quality, I am not afraid to call it out. Oscar knows this very well. Yeah, I we mean, just, we, we got be- to that standard, so we appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. Happy to happy to be uh, part of the, <laughs> the backbone to lift it up. <laughs> Amazing. And this is Gabby. This is coming from a rep too, so. <laughs> Neutral. We have a ref. We yeah, have the ref on the staff. That's, that's that's a good thing. That's that's definitely much needed. It's not not a bias, not out of hate. It's just telling it like it is from from the sideline yeah. here. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> you, you haven't seen Nate on a rant yet, but it'll get. It, it, you'll see it eventually. <laughs> he can go on a rant. <laughs> well, we'll find the right opportunity, and you'll see it happen. <laughs> Right. Not as good as not as good as a salty one, but uh, yeah, he has his oh, own rants too, no, right? No, I, I, I will never top her, and if I do, you know we won't hear the end of it. Oh my goodness! No, we won't. Nothing top Mac. No, Mac, <laughs> Mac, uh, Gabby, Max are uh, our uh, our podcast uh, ratings for the week when we get the the uh, outcomes, and they it basically says by the hour in terms of like who's listening and how more engaged we are in terms of the podcast, you know? And so when she was on and she can go pretty much, especially when you're talking Cowboys and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, we, we mm-hmm. get a spike. <laughs> Everybody <Amazing>. tightened. <laughs> very that's much. So very much I was saying that's how people expect Cowboys fans to be. So I'm not the, uh, the typical, and I'm also from New York, so it's very strange how this happened. But that's that's how a cowboy stand should be. I respect it. Yeah, no, no, she's vocal. That big, you go big <laughs> in Texas, right? 
<laughs> you guys <laughs> go big. <laughs> She's good. Um, that's why uh, Nate. I was just telling her. Gabby just gave me insights about. I didn't realize it until you know, like a couple minutes ago, that uh, Gabby Cowboy fan, uh, Mackenzie Cowboy fan, and then Chelsea Green Bay Packer fan. Probably not going to be very fun. We're going to be back and <laughs> she doesn't really like the tease heads. So between her and Chelsea, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. <laughs> I do want to say, oh, that even though Chelsea's literally, Chelsea's literally on my team, I'm glad I have Mac on my side. Yeah, yo, no, for sure. You, you won't need, you won't <laughs> even need to speak up, Gabby. That's all I got to tell you. <laughs> She'll be right over it. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, She's good. She's uh, she's. Uh, you remember? I, I told you guys this uh, uh, when you guys uh, got on the first uh, the first week. I told you this this girl gets uh, gets Facebook jailed more often than anybody else. It's just the way. That's the amazing. I don't think Zuckerberg likes her, uh, Nate. Just the way I'm. Just, just the way it's going. <laughs> not, not hardly. Oh, it was more funny when she had, when she told me she had an alias. She's more funny when she told me, oh, you, that's okay. I have an alias account. <laughs> You're that good. Wow. <laughs> they can't shut me down. <laughs> they can try to stop me, but they can't keep me down. <laughs> no, she, no she, the resistance. <laughs> the resistance she comes up with. <laughs> right. That was good. That was good. I was shocked when she had that. You know, she she's... She she doesn't lack you know the words to express herself, so that's the beauty of the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right, guys. For um, sure. Gabby, uh, LNFA Feminina. Let's walk into that uh, since we're on talking women's tackle football, and then we'll dive into the hub for a little bit of what's happening. So, in Spain, guys. We have the playoffs. We have the week six that concluded, and there was a matchup this weekend. So you guys go to the hub and get the lowdown right there in terms of the matchup. There's Coslada Trucks taking on Just Bottles, the Trust Just Bottles, which is, and so it was 25 24, really close matchup there as well. And uh, so the semifinals are going to be set at Firebats on one side, and the other side, I believe it's Barbera Rookies, which is the staple staple uh, teams in the LNFA Femenina. So uh, week six, a weekend that was uh, full of good football. Uh, we were able to experience several games in which the playoffs were being fought with just two games left in the regular season. Each game becomes a competitive matchup. So, Gabby, as we get down to like two weeks before the season ends, it, it, it's it's kind of like a grind, right? Because it's like you're making – you're trying to make headways. If you're, if you're a good team and you're up in that, you know, 4-0 – undefeated stage you already know pretty much two weeks is not going to like kill your season but if you're a team that you're at two and two or two and three you're really trying to fight to get to that next you know opportunity to maybe get a playoff berth yep 100 percent. that's that's when every every game matters so what what do you think at this point uh teams in this league need to need to step up right it's it's a do or die in the next two weeks for a lot of the teams so considering uh Saturday, it was uh, Barbera rookies taking on Buffalo, uh, uh, Barcelona Buffaloes. So they right there, both teams were looking for a victory. 
to take a big step towards the, uh, an opportunity for the semifinals, but it was the uh, rookies that came out on top in Barcelona really looking outside from the outside and trying to make an opportunity to go to the playoffs. Don't you just love a good underdog win? Yeah, I mean, it, it, but at the same time, it's like they they got to muster it out. You know, they got to try to make a, a, a better season out of it. I think they're two and two right now. They really need to win two more games to even try to make a an opportunity for the playoffs. So, I don't know if you know they're going to be able to do that or not. Um, Nate, uh, the trucks of Calzada and the Hobatos played a week three makeup game this week. So that was the first first win was for um, the the Carbados at this point. So if, if they stay on track, they should be able to make the playoffs, but if they don't, it looks to me like uh, the trucks are going to not make the playoffs. So. Mm. <laughs> Could be interesting. Could be, uh, I mean, mm, not much opinion. Really. Oh. I mean, it's, it's it's a matter of like they got to get a win even to try to make a, an effort on it. Uh, Habato is also the same thing, so they they kind of face each other. Twenty five, twenty four. I think Harbato's won this past weekend, so they made up that win from week three. That really puts them in a good position for the playoffs. Um, Gabby uh, Osos Rivas, first year team in this league, and they're, they're in good standing in terms of for a playoff berth. Malaga uh, have had some close games that they've lost, so they're in second place in the West. Um, so that that was one of the, the the matchups that was there. So for Osos, if you're if you're in the good you know for, first year out of the box and you're in, almost in, uh, kind of qualified for the playoffs, that's a good sign as a squad, right? Oh, definitely. That's that's amazing. I mean, at that point, you're when you're you haven't faced too much loss. It's it's you know you feel like you're on top of the world. So that's good for them, and hopefully they can pull through and have what it takes that they. Sometimes it really depends who they're who they're going up against, and that you know you're winning those games. But I hope that you're still learning each step of the way. That way, you you're still developing as a new team, especially. Yeah, and I think it's it makes sense for for them uh, to try to just you know maintain that that consistency because that's what the, that's what they're going to need. You know, especially if you're going into the playoffs. And we talked about the, this before, Gabby. Seven on seven, a totally different animal than eleven. It's very fast paced. If you got a, mm-hmm. a bad squad that can't do defense, you're going to get routed pretty easily every game. Right. Yeah, that's it's definitely a, a little more um, similar to rugby, almost. <laughs> similar to rugby in terms of like what the high scoring <laughs> and all that. Yeah, and like you know, it's it's moving at a much quicker pace. Standing around, like our Yeah, I've never I've never played rugby myself, so I I can't relate to it. But I I, I know a lot of players that play rugby kind of convert over to tackle too, right? Oh yeah, definitely. And they they make fierce athletes on both sides because they have that like duality. What's I guess the difference? That's the benefit of having the, the, mm-hmm. the toughness, or is it just because they bring the grit, or what? Usually they have the um, the ability to tackle, which is, you know, helpful on defense. And then they, you know, have the hands to, you know, also be a really good defensive player in terms of turnovers and interceptions. And then um, that makes you a force to be reckoned with on offense. Uh, uh, rugby players often find 
some success in football and then vice versa. Well, it makes it makes it interesting to, to, to convert over. I mean, you, you have that, um, you know, ability to come over and just kind of be a little bit impactful and then kind of learn some of the new skill sets and then use the ones that you had before. So that's pretty, pretty cool. Um, Nate, um, it, the game between Buffaloes and Barcelona, really a good uh, kind of like a nice uh, defensive game as as well. But it just, you know, uh, Monica Raficus, uh Sabrina Marquez, we talked about last week, they, they just, they're just on fire and they're the ones that are going to be uh, top dogs right now in the East. And, and I don't think, I don't think there's anybody that's going to be able to stop them at this point. Um, so they're, they're, they're basically, I mean, I'm just, just the best team, the 40 to six with their victory uh, against the uh, Buffaloes. I mean, that they couldn't put up more than another six points. So overall they, they put up almost 40 points to 20, 46 to 20 was the final. So Buffalo still had one more chance, but you know, they just couldn't muster the win on it. So, I think uh, rookies are really, really geared up to make their run for for the final. Oh, they're 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 definitely shoo-ins. I mean, like you said, the 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 game itself was a defensive battle, but overall, what we've seen, I mean, it, it, you don't really have to say anything. They they've shown it all on the field. So, I mean, to to even second guess them would be just absolutely crazy, in my opinion. Gabby, if you're if you're Osos, uh, as we talked about them, we're all uh, Osos played a really good game against um, Calzada, uh, and, I mean uh, Madrid, uh, in Madrid uh, against um, the. Uh, let me see, I have my notes right here, taking advantage of them. Here we go. So uh, Corsairs, in other words, they played against Corsairs. Um, they did a really good job of you know maintaining back and forth in terms of of, of you know competitive football and and going up you know six zero and then they had. They're they're six to two, and it was a competitive matchup all the way. In. So I guess if you're the Oso squad, you're gearing up and getting prepared for that tough playoff battle that it might come it might come in handy since you've been battling all season long in close games. Yeah, that's a team that you know faced the adversity each game that they're likely already identified what weak points are in their offense defense so that they will. You know, I would be rooting for that team more than anything. So and I think that's, that's the key for them is is just making sure that they stay hungry, right, and not take anybody for granted. And given the battles have been very close, I don't think they're going into the playoffs thinking it's a shoe-in, right? Absolutely. And that, like, even though you want to be confident going into playoffs, it's, uh, it's better to know that you um, – can handle the a battle and you know come out on top still, so those challenges will definitely be to their benefit. Now the uh, Firebats, Valencia Firebats on the other side, uh, they just routed. I mean, they just seventy to zero. They took care of Zaragoza, and uh, so they got no no problem. Uh, Nate on the other side, uh, Sandra Burnell four uh, four touchdowns on the day. Um, and so they just they just took care of business. They, it's just like usual, fifty six to zero uh, before the half, and then seventy to zero. So if you're Saragossa, that was probably one of the worst feelings in the world, <laughs> getting your beat down. Oh, it had. I mean, school was in session, and, and then some. I, I mean, just top to bottom, start to finish, it was it, it was one of those games that. 
you know, the 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 score reflected the 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 difference in quality and skill set between the teams. I mean, it just it left no doubt who the better team was, and it does it does have to be a bitter pill to swallow. But I mean, you know, you take each game as they come, and you lick your wounds, and you move on. So I mean, kudos to kudos to them for not giving up, being blown out that much, and then kudos on the other side for you know being as dominant as they were. And, not letting up on the gas when people would normally expect them to. Gabby, that that's got to be like the horrible feeling, right? You're you're mustering up, but defensively you just stink, and somebody else is taking advantage of and and just pounding on you. You know what I mean? It's like this got to be the depressing stage. I in my, in my in my point of view. I mean, I don't know about depressing, but frustrating. Absolutely, that's when usually when penalties start going off every every few seconds <laughs> I feel because once you get angry on the field, it's, it's, you know, cheap shots happen and thing, things like that. <laughs> so I think you haven't been in that environment. Been... Have you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was totally not. Being As a linebacker. <laughs> I mean, you have to have a short fuse. I mean, you don't want to, but if if you're passionate about the game you're playing, then, that that emotional response will happen and a seasoned player will know how to keep the calm or keep the cool while revving up the intensity. But when you're getting your butt kicked like that, it's, it's hard to not get angry. And then, you know, just try to take it out on the person in front of you from whistle to whistle. But I think it's uh, usually when the penalties start ringing and getting called. Unnecessary roughness. So you have like that. you lose you lose your cool. Is that what you, is that what you're trying to con- convey to us? You lose your cool. I I may be uh, hinting at that. Yeah. Um, Nate, uh, the Black Demons are four and zero undefeated, pretty much a shoe in in the East at this point, and and they've been a staple in this league for a long time, and they they're they're basically top dogs. Uh, Rivas Oso's brand new team, four and one. Very impressive first year. Then you got Malaga Corsairs two and three, which is like I said the, the heartbreaking three losses. They were really close games. They they could easily be, you know, right now three and one or three and two. Um, and then you also had Tres Contos, who just got the victory, so they're at three and three right now. Costada is under uh, un, un, winless at zero and six now. So that pretty much their season's over. On the uh, East Coast, Barbera rookies are four and zero. Uh, Valencia four and one. So Gabby uh, on the east side, a little bit more competitive. Uh, you have Barbera and Valencia. Valencia coming off that seventy-four to zero romp of Saragossa, which is winless. And so if you're the Barbera rookies, you're, you've been pretty competitive all year. So Valencia, maybe if they're playing, if they're blowing out their competition, maybe this will not be very good for them in terms of the playoffs. Maybe not good for them in playoffs. Why? Well, I'm just saying because yeah, they're, they're blowing out the competition, so I don't know if that's going to be a factor given Barbera's really good uh, in terms of, you know, uh, their games are being a lot closer. Mm. Yeah, I think um, the more – the team that's more battle um, – what's the word? When they're – they faced more battles. They they definitely Battle tested. probably yes. <laughs> when they're when they've encountered more um, back and forth, I think that that 
creates a sharper team, a sharper, you know, players, that is probably the team that I would bet on as opposed to the one that, you know, has been blowing teams out of the water. Their confidence might be great, but, you know, when things get harder, when you're not in the lead, which happens, um, they might get discouraged and then lose that confidence and implode. It happens. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, um, I think, Nate, on one side we have Barbera rookies really going to stand out in the East. So the top two teams in the East are going to be Barbera and Valencia. And then on the West side, it's going to be La Rosa's Black Demons and uh, Rivas, which would be uh, kind of interesting, the first-year team going up against one of the staple teams in in the Spanish League, as well as Valencia going up against another staple team, which is Barbera. So two two up-and-coming teams trying to take down two of the premier you know, uh, franchises in this league. So that's always going to make really good storylines. Oh, it's going to make perfect storylines. I mean, especially with you, you look at the records and the fact that they are first-year teams. I mean, this is this is prime upset territory uh, written all over it. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see these games. I'll I'll be watching whistle to whistle. Know that. I mean, this this is exactly the kind of matchups you want. The the right. definitive underdogs versus the definitive powerhouses and mm-hmm. the potential for history. Right. I agree. So it's kind of exciting. Yeah, it's kind of exciting to see what the outcome will be. We got two weeks left. We got the playoffs. Uh, thank you to AndersonHawks.com for giving us the uh, lowdown and the breakdown. Uh, you can get it right at the hub at Facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Uh, Gabby, uh, the WNF- WFA announces an, an, another international partnership, which is with the uh, the Gridiron League of Costa Rica, which they had Colombia, and then they had the Queens League of Neither- uh, Netherlands. So. Um, there you go. Uh, we talked to Wynn, and uh, Mr. King was making deals out there. So there you are, another addition to the uh, international division of the WFA. Very exciting. We love to hear that. The more connections, the more exposure. We're taking steps here. It's progress. So we'll see out, you know, three branches now to supporting those three leagues, uh, Colombia and Netherlands and Costa Rica. So, and then Costa Rica will have an event coming up May fifteenth. It will be the AFE All Stars taking on the uh, Costa Rica All Stars May fifteenth. So, look out for the flyers there, and you can get the details right there at Gridiron Women Football League Costa Rica. Uh, you go to the hub right there, get the link correctly to go to their site. And it's going to be May fifteenth. It's going to be a friendly competition between the AFE All Stars and the uh, Gridiron Women's Football League of Costa Rica. Um, Let's see here. What else do we have going on at the hub? We had spotlighted uh, the Queensland Football League was spotlighted at the hub as well. And we have uh, highlights of the LNFA Femenina uh, by uh, courtesy of Club Cabados uh, Football Americano. We got highlights there as well. We got the breakdown, as I said, at AndersonHawks.com. Thank you to them for the breakdown. We also have the week recap from FEPA ES on everything that happened in LNFA Femenina 7-on-7. All right, guys, um, don't forget to go to MikeNA5.com. Uh, use the code NJF. Get a $5 play up to a $50 match. Uh, you can do M- MLB, NHL, NBA, and you can do all those formats there, and it's pretty easy to do. And if you uh, get it all right, you make some money, buy, uh, three times your money. So if you put in a $5, you can make $15. Put in $100, you can make up to $300. So just your intuition and 
see if you can make some money there right there. So, uh, you guys, uh, Nate and uh, Gabby, you guys, have you guys got a monkey knife fight? And check it out. It's pretty cool, right? I've checked it out. I don't know that I can necessarily use it. I, I, I think I'm, you know, Washington State, you know, very, very picky mm-hmm. about those things, which is unfortunate because otherwise I'd give it a shot. But, no, it's cool. It's cool. I've checked it out and uh, would recommend it. I've been on there. I'm dabbling. It's new to me, but I'm definitely interested. It's very cool. Well, you have it on there. Uh, if you guys play more or less, it's what I play. It's probably the best platform, more or less. So if you get the and any players you want to play on a certain game with certain players, if you get them right, then uh, you get both right, you cash in your money, three times your money. So it's pretty cool, awesome. So it's not like uh, Daily Fantasy Sports or DraftKings where you're competing against all these uh, you know pros and sharks. So it's a totally different platform. So you can go on there, it's NJF, use the code NJF, and you can get a $5 play up to a $50 match. All right. Um, we got to shout out uh, Gabby to Gabby Martinez, who is going to be officiating an NAIA football game. Uh, she's got the opportunity, first Mexican uh, female to be participating in a pro in a college game in the NIA. So shout out to Gabby Martinez, and that was also the news at the Hub. So awesome. Saw that. That's very exciting. Absolutely stellar. Uh, coming from a ref, Nate, that's pretty impressive, don't you think? She's going to be actually in an NAIA competition. She's actually played a uh, referee yep. in other lower levels high school but this is pretty cool oh it's huge it's huge i mean one of the i think i mentioned it before one of the things that especially my association is thriving on is working on getting more of a mix of officials in and i i wish we had more i think we only have like three female officials right now but they they're continuing to come in from uh oregon idaho different places just because you know the I guess from what I've understood from the caliber and the opportunity is so much greater in our state uh, to to get that opportunity. And then to see something like her raised to, to, to this level is just extraordinary. I'm I'm very excited, very happy for her. Awesome. So you guys uh, check it out, our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and iHeart. So we'll catch you here for 370 next week, and hopefully we'll have Chelsea back as well for Gabby Farrell, and Nate Ward and the absent Holly Custis and Mackenzie Brooks, Oscar Lopez Sr. Catch you next week for Great Iron Blitz. Have a great night, everybody.